how they've really improved the AI on these things. My brain's gonna explode! They stick them in a bathtub of goo. The commercial is awesome. Oh, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. Galactica Quorum is... It's a fracking podcast! It's a fracking podcast, and with us today is myself, Brian, and... Michelle. Jason. And Dimitri. Coming to us over the phone... We have a website called GalacticaQuorum.com and a voicemail, 206-350-6756. And an email for you to reach us with questions or comments, gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, visit our website, and go to our forums. We have several cons to bring up. The first one coming up really soon is Farpoint in Baltimore. That's February 15th to the 17th with James Callis. And we want to mention again that myself and Michelle are going to be guests. Woo-hoo. We'll be on some panels at this con, so please stop by. Stop by, say hello. We'll be uh, hanging out in the bar on uh, Friday night. So Yeah, and there are panels on Saturday and Sunday scheduled. So Next up is Megacon. In March, that's the 7th through the 9th in Orlando, Florida, featuring Mark Shepard, he of Battlestar and Firefly fame. He of? Is that British? Um, I don't know. You can meet him there and ask him. <laughs> also, Leah Cairns, who is Racetrack, is going to be there. Also, now this is going to be tough. You have to choose, or maybe, I don't know, maybe you just have the means to do it. But on the same days, March 7th to 9th, in Addison, Texas, is all con. That one has Aaron Douglas. Last year, All Con was the All Dead Con. That's right. Last year, they had Ellen and they had Cat. So this year, they've got Fifth Cylon. Not really a Fifth Cylon. Well, the final five Cylon. Yeah. Following that, a week later, for those of you who still haven't got all the con out of you, there's Omega Con, March 14th to 16th in Birmingham, Alabama. That one will have Richard Hatch. And then we'll give you a break. The next one is... Next one that we have on our schedule, anyway, is Wrath of Khan, May 30th to June 1st in Panama City, Florida. Big lineup, Aaron Douglas, Tom O'Panicket, and Richard Hatch. I want to go to that one. (laughs) But out of all those, we will definitely be at Farpoint. Yes. February 15th through the 17th. Baltimore. As this airs, it'll be very soon. So stop on by. I wanted to bring up that we have... Michelle participating in the Terminator podcast it's on the Two Guys Talking Network. And in fact, we will be talking extensively today about the Sarah Connor show. She participated in the podcast, and that is online now. Lots of podcasts related to Terminator series, so check those out. Also, podcast news. We got a message from the fine folks at The Signal Podcast. The Signal, of course, is like the gold standard for fan podcasts. It's about the Serenity and Firefly show slash movie. And they wanted to let us know that season four of their podcast is currently going on. And, of course, we're happy to give them a plug because, like I said, um, that's the one that we all try to emulate because they have such a great such a great show and they have great fans. So everyone give that a listen. In fact, here's their promo. Year one. The only if you could have any of Jane's totally t-shirts, which one would you want? And this here's Sarah. Now. And she's the smoothest ride. Year two. Year two. Well, what should I do? What this? 
Oh, jeez, that is hilarious. Year three. The verse just started. So I says to him, I said, Loosen it with I don't care if you're ready for Mr. Badger by tomorrow, or you will become intimately acquainted with my associate here, Mr. Led Boy, in the sermon of pain, pain, agonies, and pain. Now, the signal is back for a bigger and better fourth season. This is the place. We'll buy you the time. Hold. Hold till I get back. It is a way of life for thousands of strangers who, like Serenity's crew, bonded to become something more than themselves, a family, with a mission to keep the Firesiders alive. (laughs) Welcome back to The Signal! Yes, welcome back. It is... We had our little bit of time off, and we are back. Season 4, going small. I can't wait. Find us at www.serenityfirefly.com. Now, as far as Battlestar news goes... There's nothing. And, uh, there's a little bit. In DVD news, we mentioned before that the DVD was coming out in late March. They've moved the date up by a week to March 18th to give you an extra week or so to watch it before Season 4 starts. And, in fact, there will be two specials that will air back-to-back on Friday, March 28th at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., the two specials are Battlestar Galactica Revisited, which is a recap of the first three seasons, plus Razor. And the second one is Battlestar Galactica The Phenomenon, which talks about the positive response from fans and critics. Both those are half an hour. And a week after that, all this is leading up to season four premiere, Friday, April 4th at 10 o'clock. Wait, Friday, April 4th. Well, that bites. Why does it bite? But they moved it to Friday now. Friday is so Sunday. much better than Sunday. No, because I'm on no, a- April April bites. <laughs> April bites. Yeah, April bites. No, 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 no. It could I, be 2009. That's I mean, not... I'll get to watch it, but then I'm on a plane on Sunday to South Africa. Why is it always about you? <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen the fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Regardless of Jason's uh, bad travel plans, Friday night is, is so much better. And it's 10 o'clock is kind of late. Didn't it used to be on 9 o'clock on Sci-Fi Fridays before? Any time on Friday is better than 10 o'clock on Sunday. Oh, definitely. I agree. Definitely. <laughs> I will say I, I did catch part of the last show the other Saturday morning early and got to see the commercial finally. Excellent. Yeah. I wanted to mention that, too. Excellent uh, that There might not be a lot of uh, Battlestar Galactica stuff to talk about, but the commercial is awesome. It's almost like they... And I hope... I mean, because they set up... Like Jason said this the other day, they set a bar pretty high with that commercial. Trailers sometimes are better than movies. Yeah, you, you get know? scared when they're That's too true. Good. You can make a crap movie look really good in a you know 90-second trailer. The worst part about those is that they show the best parts of the entire movie within the trailer, so you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You go and see it, and you're like, well, I saw all that in the trailer already. It yeah. sucks. Whenever they make a trailer for these, they have to be careful not to give too much away. They have to make it just generic enough so that it's... They definitely didn't give anything away. Yeah. Not. Totally not generic. <laughs> no, definitely not. By the way, incidentally, best trailer ever, if you've ever seen it on YouTube, is the guy that did the remix trailer of The Shining as a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really funny. There's a whole series of those kind of yeah. mashups that are... Mash-up they they take a uh, trailer and just twist it around. I think that's it for our BSG news, so I guess what we'll do is just move ahead to... We had planned to discuss the Sarah Connor Chronicles... I have to say, that's a tough string of words to put together. <laughs> I wish they'd come up with a different name, but anyway. Did, did they have to name it Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Couldn't they have just called it 
the Sarah Connor Chronicles? No, I think they have to put the name Terminator in there. It's their show. They can do whatever they want. Well, I would say... Maybe it was a James Cameron thing. Doesn't he own some of the Terminator stuff? Probably. I would also say that if you're marketing it... Right. Yeah. Adding the word Terminator is going to help you and you know draw more interest because the, to some people just calling it the Sarah Connor Chronicles could be pretty esoteric. Right. For all we know, it yeah. could be an al- that could make it sound like an Ally McBeal remake. Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, okay. The, the name really does mean something. And sorry, Firefly fans, but one of the reasons it's debated to this day is why didn't Firefly get a big audience? And there's all kinds of reasons, obviously. But one of them was like they had just such a ambiguous name that uh, someone flipping through the TV guy would be like, eh? So, yeah, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles is probably, there's a reason why it includes that. Today, there's been three episodes. So let's just kind of go through some of them. In the pilot, it begins basically 10 years in the past. I guess it was 97 was when they had the the time. Yeah, that sounds right. And Sarah Connor and her son are just trying to stay out of the public eye and just sort of keep low. A Terminator finds them, and they hook up with someone else who turns out to be a Guardian Terminator in the form of a teenage girl. Summer Glau. Again, from Firefly. Lots of Firefly connections in this show we have. And they end up destroying the Model 800 or 850, whatever it is, Terminator, and time-traveling 10 years into the future to our present day. So that's how they kind of got around always having the show be 10 years in the past. But I did like the fact that they, they did start it back then just to keep the continuity the same and then jumping ahead to now. So what did you think just of the pilot in general? I really liked it. Right off the bat, it was a really fun show. I'm a fan of CGI, and I think computers are great. So the CGI there was great. I hoped that when I watched it, that the CGI would continue, you know, through the other shows. Yeah, just overall, I mean, I liked it. Like the substitute teacher, clearly an odd character, but I like how he was digging into his side to pull out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of like a uh, cocaine-induced RoboCop or something. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Good, good show. Michelle? Uh, I second that. <laughs> I was a little wary about the guy they got to play the Terminator, but I was also worried that because it was, it is a TV show that they weren't going to have the budget to really do any special effects or any cool special effects, but I was quite impressed. And I really like Summer Glau a lot. She makes a good Terminator. But it was a very cool episode. I enjoyed it. I thought the pilot was well done as well. I had a few things that I was kind of questioning. Primarily, I guess and maybe we'll come back to this, is I like Summer Glau a lot. Again, this is another Firefly thing, but yet another pilot episode where she appears naked. (laughs) (laughs) She was in the buff in the uh, Firefly pilot as well. But anyway, I guess the thing that I wonder about is right away when she got shot by the other Terminator and she got up and she got her glass in the face or whatever and she got all these wounds, my thought was, how is she going to heal and she puts on this dabs of makeup and stuff, but her skin isn't such that it has super healing and it's going to heal over real fast. And I don't know if they really thought through that much. It's like over a course of a season with the amount of strife that they're going to probably have, I think she's going to get pretty beat up and it's going to be hard to keep someone as pretty as Summer Glau looking bad. And so I don't know how realistic it's going to be that they're going to have a Terminator who's going to look, you know, just not really rough yeah so i'm wondering how they're going to do that the other thing i was wondering is when they did this t- 
timeline jump, the timeline really changed quite a bit. And I guess events from Terminator 3 don't even apply now, right, Michelle? That's what I was wondering. Like, I guess I'm confused as to when Terminator 3, what the Terminator 3 timeline was. I don't think it applies anymore because if they just skip it, and apparently if she was supposed to have died... Well, uh, I guess at some point they're going to have to go back to the past to catch up with the Terminator 3 timeline. But things have changed radically because they say that the date Skynet goes and eliminates humankind is 2011. Is what the time they gave for that. It's a realistic timeline. Cause which first- which is different, though, from when, like, when the Terminator 1, when uh, Reese comes back and he says, he gives the date that Skynet became operational, and then I forget what it was, but it, in our real time, it's, it's already passed. So if they change that, if they change the date that Skynet becomes aware and then destroys all the world, then what's to say, you know, just taking this even further... If that much has changed, well, maybe maybe this John Connor guy, why, is he still, like, the guy? Is he, like, he's still the, the man who's, like, such a big, important guy? I mean, if they're going to change that much, it's conceivable in the future. And maybe he's still an important guy. He has guy. to be, because the ones in the future come back to save him. So they know that no matter what, he's still, yeah. no matter what has changed, he's still the guy. But it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> Every time that he gets saved and the world still gets, I don't know, it's, it's a strange uh, paradox. I, I think for the Sarah Connor Chronicles, you kind of have to just... Accept the timeline, timeline and not really look into it. The way I approached it was I just disregarded the time sequences of the movies and took this as kind of like a reinvented story. Right. The movies was one thing, and so now they've taken the characters, the concept, the whole idea from the movies and created a TV show. But since the movies created these boundaries, they have to break the boundaries and kind of just... It's the same thing, but kind of new. Right. I was watching it, and I, I just, I was like, okay, I told myself, just start watching it. Because if people hadn't seen the movies, let's say young kids now, they're watching it on TV, and they haven't been exposed to the movies because they were too little then, they're still going to have a great experience watching it, and for them, the timeline won't matter. Right. I totally understand that point. You've got two ways to go when doing something like this. You either try to stay completely true to the movie, or you try to do something completely different. And either way you do it, people are going to complain. So just pick one direction and make sure you do it as best you can. BSG is a prime example. When everything was proposed, all the old fans were like, oh my God, you can't do that. Now I think it's generally regarded as a hell of an effort. Yeah. I will say that in this series, they've always said that John Connor is the guy that leaves the human race and he's their great leader and he's the one they look up to. For most of the movies, that what you've seen is anything but. Like in the Terminator 2, he was a snot-nosed kid, and Terminator 3, not all that inspiring. And this one, he still has that sort of skater dude look to him a little bit, but yeah, yeah. at least in some of the last couple episodes, he had, looks like he had some balls, because he was like kind of standing up a little bit to his mom and to the Terminator chick, and showing a little bit of leadership. So yeah. at least that they needed to show that, because they can't have him just be this kind of lost character who aimlessly gets towed around and, oh, follow me, we're going to save you, because eventually he's got to stand up for himself. Right. I'm sure that's a character arc they're going to build into the show, or they, they better, because uh, that's the whole point, is that he is the guy, and we need to start seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because he's getting close to that age. Right. And actually, I wonder if this messes up the timeline, because if he jumped 10 years ahead, is his future self going to be younger than the future self initially was when he came back 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, it's like my head hurts. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Is if they change the timeline to that degree, because he'd be ten years younger than the original John Connor going into the future would have been, unless that was always the plan. All I know, you know, you're right. It, yeah, hurts, we should stop it, talking about it. Hurts it. your noggin to think about it. Yeah, I mean, there could have been some other guy that came up the ranks, and like maybe he or he or she could have been someone. I don't know. A couple things in the pilot which uh, I noted: the summer Terminator character, whose name is Cameron. Which obviously nod to James Cameron. I like that uh, John asked her what her parents or her father did, and she said something about he works on tractors or something. And like it just made me think of flashing in again back to the first Terminator, where like the first thing you see is the tractor treads of those big giant tanks in the uh, post-apocalyptic Earth, and you know just the machines. And I thought that was kind of a cool line. But the one thing that struck me was, wow, this Terminator has just Perky personality. I remember this one bit when she was kind of flirting with him and she tossed her hair and she kind of had this little smile and a bounce to her step. I'm like, wow, they've really improved the AI on these things. They've really uh, come a long way. This model is far different from anything else we've seen before. And so we'll come to that in the next episode. Um, one other note, the gun hidden in the thigh was a nice trick. They kind of did that in, this really goes back to, there was a, Dark Horse comic Terminator series way back in like the 90s, I think it was, where someone did just that. A Terminator comes back and they show him like the first thing he does after he teleports, you know, he's sitting there naked. He rips open, I think it wasn't his thigh, I think it was actually his abdomen. And then he pulls out a gun. It was a cool trick, but on the other hand, I don't know if he really needed to do that. I mean, obviously, the, this guy, he procured uh, an identity and a briefcase and a, a suit. He could have gone anywhere and just picked up a gun, you know? <laughs> he didn't really yeah, need to stow it in his leg. He had to get it through the security, didn't he? But his whole body would have gone off in the metal detector. Yeah, he's fine now. What does he care? Yeah. Maybe they just had to do that to establish the fact that the classroom had to see that he was a machine. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like a regular gun that he pulled out of his thigh? Pretty much. Yeah. Because you're saying Shot bullets. Because you're saying in the uh, in the comic book that it was like he pulled it out after he came back from time. Right. So that might have been like, you know, okay, what we've tried in the past didn't work. We need to bring back one of our guns mm-hmm. to get it done. We briefly talked about it, but I really liked the bank vault uh, scene. Oh, yeah. You know, they open up one vault and it's got you know like forty keys, and she separates the keys around and says, "Okay, open up all these boxes." You know, half the boxes end up being some sort of future weapon, and then the other boxes end up being some sort of time machine. And I liked how the Terminator, I, I just like the persistence, you know, he's tearing the door off piece by piece. But the one thing that kind of bothered me, and they do this a lot, every action movie does this, and I don't understand. When the mom was taken hostage, and Summer's character came, and she got in a fight with the Terminator guy, and she electrocutes him with the power cord, and he falls down. And then they run off, and she's like, we have to go because he's going to reboot in 120 seconds. Why not, like, find something like an axe or a crowbar and gouge out his eyes or cut his head off? Right. Like, why in other movies, when someone's coming to kill you or something, they knock him down, and they leave him there with a gun just so he can wake up later, grab his gun, and chase you some more. I mean, why not, like, sledgehammer the feet so they can't come and get you? Right. Just going back to the bank vault thing, I, I like that concept as well, that they had thought to go back 30 years, even before then, and start uh, seeding little bits of technology around. And if you follow that, you can start to say, well, why don't they go back even further? It's sort of like Back to the Future is like, 
What do you mean I don't have time? I have all the time in the world. I have a time machine. You could go back as much as you need to and start leaving little bits of technology around. That'd be kind of cool if scattered around the various cities they have like these little deposits or these little vault that has a new weapon or thingy that's from the future. That might be a nice little trick that they can use to like add a little bit of tech to the show. You know who did that great? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Remember? I went back in time and left this thing here. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Yeah. Because they didn't have to do it. They had to think about the fact that they did it and it was there. Yeah. Great concept. But one little last thing. I like how they shut up on the highway. I thought it was a good way to show the date on the construction sign where it said road closed or whatever, and it said 0307 or something like that. That was really nice. But in their own right, they should have been shocked that they just time-traveled or did or did something. Or maybe it wasn't, you know, for them, maybe it wasn't, they didn't know they time-traveled. They just were in the vault, and now they were on the highway. But if I was in the vault and I was all of a sudden on the highway and I was naked and I was looking at my naked mom... I would add that into the story, like, ah, mom, you're naked, you know? I mean, that's just like, oh, wow, we're in the highway, and I'm naked, mommy, nice boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to episode two. Okay. Okay. Episode two, which started with what I consider to be an homage to Terminator 2 with Sarah Connor on a swing set. It kind of reminded me of the wow. opening scene of uh, Terminator 2 and uh, there's the girl in the swing set scene and the dream, the dream sequence, exactly. It was in this episode when I had a few things kind of pop up at me. And one of them was, and I don't want to make this sound worse than it is, but I think the actress that does Sarah Connor on screen, she's fine. She, I think she has a really good tough presence and she looks great and I believe her. But for some reason, when I was listening to the voiceover, like when she's talking and saying that uh, we need to do this and John has to do this, for some reason, the voiceover, I just don't feel there's not gravitas there or something. And I wonder if part of it is because that she is, again, we see this theme a lot recently in the past TV season, that she's a British actress. And I wonder if the accent is getting in the way of the delivery. Like on screen when she's performing, I don't see any of those problems. It's just when I hear the voiceover, I just, I don't quite feel it. And the other thing was, in this episode is when they did a 180 with the summer Terminator. All of a sudden she goes from having a personality to being just a blink robot, vacant, void expression. They just dropped it. And I was like... I thought about that too. When they go to school together, John says to her, don't do anything weird, don't stand out, don't be a freak. Like, all of a sudden, she's some sort of strange Terminator where she fooled the shit out of him in the first episode right. when they were in high school. I mean, so why, it, why would all of a sudden she need direction from him if she fooled him the first yeah. time? Yeah, and like in the first episode, sure, she didn't need to be told that, but in the last two, she obviously stood out, and I'm wondering, did they even... I mean, what made him think that she would work out in high school? Because she obviously is just so doesn't belong. Every time someone says anything to her that's, you know, any kind of colloquial expression, she looks at them like, what? Within like a five minutes, people around the school would be like, who's that chick? You know? So I don't know. It's, it's weird that they went from the pilot to the next episode and they really had a kind of a turnabout with her personality. And I think... When you're a producer and you sit around to talk about the show, like one of the major conversations you first have is the Guardian Terminator. What is she going to be like? Is she going to have a personality? Is it, I don't know, maybe, unless they had some sort of uh, reason that they had to do it. It just seems odd that they, they had to well, make the switch. Is it possible that 
You know, is it possible that they made it a pilot and they did what a pilot does? They aired it to select people somewhere, somehow. I don't know. Maybe they had a viewing and maybe they had a talk about it afterwards. And maybe the feedback was the Terminator should have been more machine-like and less human since it is a machine. Right. You know, maybe they showed it to executives and they said, you know what, this doesn't work. We'll flip the bill for you, but you have to change your character. Yeah, I can see that happening. It's almost like maybe they said, we want to avoid having it be too much like a, I don't know, like a Star Trek-y kind of robot like uh, Commander Data. Episode 2 was the first time when I had one of those oh-come-on moments, and that was when they're in the junkyard and the arm from the, the Terminator reaches out of the rubble and shows you that a Terminator model apparently has sentience in all parts of its body. I mean, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, what does he even have a head if that's the case? If you can build a Terminator that you can blow into separate parts with a futuristic gun and it has the chassis that is self-aware enough to reconstruct itself, I mean, game over. I mean, there's nothing they can do. Uh, to me, that, that was just such a stretch. And I'm like, I wish they hadn't done that. They sent back another Terminator that's already in the future or something. Just don't bring that one back. That, to me, was a, really a, a stretch. It reminded me, to silly, the Iron Giant or something like that, that animation. You know what I'm talking about? Right. This kid. Good movie. The, the movie, yeah. The guy, this giant robot uh, made by the military, blows up trying to save this little town somewhere. And uh, his pieces are scattered all over the North Pole. And, like, his hand starts crawling over towards his head and his knee and his ankle are connected and they kind of wiggle over like a worm. I thought of that. I guess we can kind of merge into the talk of uh, episode three is that was my second oh come on moment when they had the Terminator now he's fully reassembled and I kind of liked him the way he was in that algamation of different clothing and this weird helmet thing he had on. I mean that was kind of a neat dark Mad Max Mad max kind of character too and, and so I was like oh that'd be cool if they kept that for but a while. But you know what I thought but was instead, weird? But instead they, they stick him in a bathtub of goo and he wakes up Ten, well, an hour later with Flash. And I'm like, again, this is just too much uh, a sci-fi stretch for me to take. I just didn't buy that at all. What I thought was weird was, I guess it was in episode two, where he killed that construction worker and took his head. Yeah. That was kind of like, what the... F-? You know, I didn't... I what didn't did know a Terminator for? could do that. What do you need a human head for? He didn't even need the head. It was just there to, like, I don't know, so he could wear a helmet or something? I don't know. That was... That was Here's, okay, for episode three... But even before he did the whole skin thing, which I kind of let fly because... No, you know what? I don't let fly because there was a point where the Terminators had rubber skin. But whatever. I'm just going to let it go. But is it just me? Or do the Terminators walk and maneuver very similar to the Cylon Centurions from the new BSG? You mean the the Uh, CG versions? Yes. No, but no. I'm saying they... No. Whoever did yeah, the CG, it seems like it's very similar to the way the CG is done for the Centurions. Uh, I think it might just be an artistic choice as it, on the part of the animator to make it seem mechanical, I guess. Actually, talking about the CG Terminators, you know, they'd be standing around or they had a close-up shot of one, and it looks really cool. And in some of those, they probably have an actual mock-up of the actual Terminator exoskeleton. We've talked about this once before, and I think it's worth bringing up again is... It'd be cool if they had just, on BSG, a mock-up, full-scale, alloyed-built model of the Centurion that they could just plop in a room somewhere in the scene 
it wouldn't cost them anything once they built it because they look so cool and just having it there in the shot would be just to add to it and then they could just replicate it all i have to do is you know shoot it here shoot it here and then like paste it in a couple places that's easy that's you don't have to use any cgi for that yeah it's too late now yeah too late <laughs> season four last season the end <laughs> kind of didn't really talk about the synopsis for the last two episodes but i guess i think it, the series has potential I was encouraged to see that the first episode, the pilot got really good ratings. Unfortunately, the last two, uh, they kind of fell by 50%. And it's kind of in third place right now in terms of ratings for that night, Monday nights. I think part of it was because they moved it from Sunday night to Monday night. Monday night's just not a good night. Sunday night is a good night because it came after football. Guys are watching it. I guess the one thing about the show, which I kind of wonder is, they're taking a concept that we've seen now in three movies where they send a Terminator back from the future to help assist John Connor stay alive. And I wonder if there's just something they could have done that wasn't, I don't want to say formulaic, but just something that we haven't seen before. Like maybe have maybe they would have sent like a whole squad of people back to protect them, just in the pilot or something. And maybe over the course of the season they start dying off and maybe then they reveal that one of them is a Terminator. Or maybe... They, instead of having a Terminator go back, you know, in most sci-fi, a cyborg is kind of the reverse of the Terminator. It's more like human and somewhat augmented with mechanical parts. And maybe the twist would be instead of a Terminator going back, it's a human who's been augmented with uh, some sort of mechanical stuff. Or, I don't know, I just felt like we kind of seen this before and it's interesting enough for me to want to watch. But I think they might have been able to come up with some new twist to it other than well, the fact that it's the a female. Fe- the freedom fighters back. Yeah, that's, that's what gave me that whole... Idea that maybe there's more to it than just that. Give it some time. I think you just put to words why I'm kind of eh about watching it. The first movie, fantastic. The second movie, you were like, how are they going to do a sequel? And it turned out to be one of the few sequels that measured up. It wasn't even better than the first one. I hated the second one. Go ahead. The the third one, (laughs) I'm kind of like, eh. And at this point, it's like, okay, we know that no matter what happens with this series... They just feel like if there's money to be made, they'll just roll out the same concept. And, you know, it just it didn't entice me that it's almost like it's falling into formulaic horror movie. Kind of like that announcement this morning. They're going to either do, like, another Freddy Krueger or another Nightmare or remake it or something. Like that. It's like it's, they're not trying to make a show that interests you. They're just pulling things out of their butt that they hope they can make easy money with. And that doesn't entice me that much. Mm-hmm. I kind of would like to have seen a freedom fighter come back who's, for lack of a better word, had bionics. He had mechanical parts to make him be more, or him or her, be more of a, a protector. Then you'd have a person who, it's kind of the reverse, like we're trying to find personality in Cameron's character, but if you send a, a freedom fighter back who has mechanical parts, they're kind of dealing with, I'm human, but you know, it's what they did not accomplish in Bionic Woman. It's I don't they, think the freedom fighters would ever let anybody do that to them, ever. They would never add... Right, they're fighting these people. They're so scared of the mechanics and the Terminators that they would never, ever want to do that. Never to save the world? I mean... No, I'd know. Well, because then if they did it to save the world, it would just... I mean, where do you stop? Where do you draw the line? And then how much cybernetics do you put into your body before you no longer control your body and you become that one thing that you've been trying to eliminate for all this time. Right, so that wouldn't that be the great thing for them to be dealing with internally? I think that would make an interesting character. Isn't this the question that somehow we, we kind of think is at the root of Battlestar Galactica at this point? At what point are 
you selling out what you believe in to kill the right. quote-unquote bad guys? When do you become the bad guy to win the battle against what you think are the bad guys? And, <laughs> and if you go back in history, were they the good guys and you the bad guys? I mean, you know. Yeah. My brain's going to explode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ah. It is. It's, it's the deeper issue that you're kind of looking at some point. I wonder if... Kind of like related to Battlestar, like we had a whole season where we each episode guess. I wonder if that person is a Cylon or if that person is a Cylon. I wonder if throughout this show there's going to be episodes where we're going to say something like, I wonder if that character is a freedom fighter from the future or, or if that character is yeah. a Terminator from the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. That'd be neat. Because like I said, why not bring back just all kinds of people? And I think that'd be a mission that you'd want to volunteer for. Like, why stay in this crappy future where everyone is dead and you know it's probably just awful i'll go back i'll go back to you know back to the good times yeah exactly because the the images i remember from the movies is the future is just war torn and awful right why don't um, you send everybody back it's like okay you machines you can have the future we're gonna take all of the population and we're just gonna go back and we'll, we'll just plop off somewhere in the desert We'll start a commune. Uh, we'll live there, you know, and that'll be it. So who cares about the future? You, you know, you guys can have it. Yeah, you can have it. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll be back. do it a different way. Speaking of just time travel and people coming back and why wouldn't freedom fighters come back and whatever, when they were in that safe house where the freedom fighters were killed and the uh, Terminator bad guy fights with Cameron and they fall outside and they hit the street and he looks through his... Uh, rose-colored glasses, and he zones in on her, and it says, uh, uh, subject unknown, cyborg, evade. That seems silly, because I would think that if he's from the future, he would know about the good cyborgs that are trying to protect John. It should be in his programming. I would have thought that he would have killed her, or tried to kill her, because John would not have a bodyguard protecting him. It just seemed like a, a weird thing for cyborg to evade her yeah i worry that the choice they made resurrecting that one terminator instead of just coming up with a new one it seems like they time travel is pretty easy because they've they've done it from 1997 they've brought people back to 1967 they they had all these guys come in and jason has to, to go to bank fall to do it in the street i mean i gotta take off i'll see you later dimitri all right take care see ya the one thing that I absolutely, I think in the second show, there's a couple things that I didn't, were just inconsistent or would have been nice if they had done it differently, but one thing that I absolutely loved a million percent was when uh, Cameron, I, I guess she just finished fighting with the cyborg and she's chasing him and she runs into the street and gets she gets hit by the Dodge Charger. Her head's all the way to the windshield, and her face is covered in pieces of glass. And she said, please remain calm. <laughs> I busted out laughing. I thought that was so funny, because her, her face was, like, concerned for the people that were in the car. She said, please remain calm. And the woman's face, the, the passenger, was just like, fuck. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love that. Since we're bringing up little scenes and whatnot, one little nitpick I have, and no pun intended, is Sarah's in the tub and she's shaving her legs, which that's perfectly fine. But every scene where someone is shaving, you know that they're going to cut themselves on TV. Yeah. It, it happens yeah. every freaking time. Like Adama shaving, oh, he nicks himself. She's shaving, oh, she nicks herself. 
I wish that there would be a, uh, a scene someday in some show or movie where someone is shaving and that's all they're doing. And you don't have to expect there to be a droplet of blood that lands in the water artistically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. One thing that I don't remember now the character's name, but Sarah's friend who does the papers, right? the, the forgeries and stuff, he gets shot. Uh-huh. This show at least had several of these, like, in the first one where the Terminator gets hit by the truck. I did not see that coming, you know what I mean? Right. She's talking, she's got the gun, she's threatening him, she feels like he violated her, and then BAM! <laughs> She's like, ah, what'd you do? Well, you weren't gonna do it. I like that. I like it just because the writing and the directing is, they make you feel comfortable, like it's okay. And that scene, it's a tense scene, but it's okay, you can you can relax, and then wham, they hit you with some sort of fright night thing, and uh, it's just nice. Yeah. Um, I really like that style. Yes, um, in, in terms of tone, I think this series kind of achieved something that Bionic Woman started out having and then lost really fast. People were getting killed, and it's definitely serious, and, uh, and it has its lighter moments, but Bionic Woman just gave you a hint of what it could be in the pilot, and then it never followed up on it. And this one seems like it at least is keeping it consistent. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Okay, so that wraps up this episode, our special coverage of Sarah Connor Chronicles, which we will be continuing throughout its season. Our website is galacticacorum.com, our email is gcorum at gmail.com, and our voicemail 206-350-6756. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye. So say we all. So, uh, just like last time, and no pen for you, because you're going to click it. I know oh. you will. <laughs> well, Here, you can play with foam. Something's going to end up in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> play with the foam. Yeah. That, that doesn't make noise. Give him something, hey, Michelle, give him something soft that doesn't make noise. <laughs>